you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to the NFL Players Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. Today I'm hanging out with Tim Grunghard, and we're going to talk about the hard times that he experienced in the trenches. We're also going to find out he's dispelled the myth about the office alignment being the most intelligent position players on the team and then he gets the chance to be the 46th player inducted into the Kansas City Chiefs Ring of Fame and their Hall of Fame. Let's listen in. Tim, I always see this exchange with the quarterback and pointing out the Mike Backer, so to speak. Yeah. Was that as prevalent during your day as well as relates to you setting the line? Yeah, you know, even more, I think, back in the day, the quarterbacks nowadays have a lot more responsibility and I thought it was always important for the center to kind of just take that away Howard Mudd who is my offensive line coach God rest his soul just an awesome awesome person you know he said listen you've got to be confident in your calls and you got to make the right calls but more importantly than that just make sure that the guys next to you believe in you and understand what you're trying to get across to them right or wrong you all got to be on the same page and that's something I learned early. And I learned that from Mike Webster, who was my mentor. He was with me one year in Kansas City. I was so blessed to have a Hall of Fame type center to teach me. Listen, I never played center. I, I showed up uh, to minicamp my rookie year after I was drafted on the University of Notre Dame. And I was sitting at my, my stool in the locker. And Howard Mudd came up to me. He was spinning a football. He said, uh, we're going to try you at center. And I looked at him, you know, kind of like, okay. He said, uh, here's a football. Go over to Steve DeBerg across the room and take some snaps. So he walked away. And at that point, I looked around and I didn't know who Steve DeBerg was. You know, I, I went to Jonathan Hayes. I knew his brother, Jay Hayes, who was a coach of mine at Notre Dame. And I said, uh, Jonathan, which one is DeBerg? And he looked at me and shook his head. He goes, rookies. He's the guy laying on the floor across over there at his locker. So I walked over and I, and, you know, I was calling him Bergy, but. I was a 21-year-old kid from the south side right. of Chicago. I wasn't going to call Steve DeBerg Bergie. So I walked over and I said, uh, Mr. DeBerg, sir, uh, Howard wants me to take a couple snaps with you. And 
<laughs> and his California boy brogue that he had, he goes, okay, man, let's go. And he got up and, you know, he was nice enough, but you could tell that body getting up off the floor, there was aches and pains and grunts and groans and joints that were making all these weird sounds. And by the way, when you're a center and you play center your whole life, you kind of get used to that feeling of the center quarterback exchange, which is a weird feeling, everybody out there, for anybody who's never played center to have some guy's hands kind of put in you know where. So <laughs> I said, man, I got to get used to this. This is a little strange just to start. So I had one snap before I went out to play uh, center in minicamp against Bill Moss and Dan Salyamua, which was a scary deal. But to get to your question, we – had to make the communication calls. And Howard would say, listen, just make it with confidence. And if you don't get it right, at least we're all on the same page and we'll correct it when we come to the sideline. And that's something I had to learn. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be exactly right. But as long as everybody's on the same page on the offensive line, as long as the guys next to you trust that you are doing the best you possibly can, you do it with conviction, you can get away with it. You had the opportunity to be coached by, I would say, a Hall of Fame coach at some point with uh with mud yeah as a young player and then having webster there with you what did you learn from mud as a young player that really impacted you maybe on and off the field and even now as a legend oh uh, yeah you know uh, i learned a lot from howard and from mike the one thing that howard used to tell us all the time is first of all don't call him coach he hated being called coach but i remember going in there you know you're that young collegiate kind of kid coming into the locker room said hey coach because I'm not coach, I'm Howard. And, you know, you screw up and say, hey, coach. He goes, okay, player. Uh, so he would, he would, you know, make sure that you were kind of on a first-name basis, which to me was very foreign coming from the University of Notre Dame. So he said to, to me, he's like, listen, I want you to finish your plays. I want you to do the best you possibly can. You're going to make mistakes, make them aggressively. There's nothing perfect in the game. You got to go to the next play. You're going to mess up. You, you, everybody, I mean, you're going to have bad plays. You're going to have bad series, but you got to go to the next play. And Howard really taught us that. And he was such a positive man and a guy who played the position and was just so smart and just had such a big heart. I was so blessed to have Howard as my offensive line coach. And Mike Webster, you know, real quick story, was playing against the Denver Broncos about halfway through the season. Earlier in that year, my father passed away, so went through a tough time, you know, kind of going back and forth to Chicago to take care of him and my mom and get, get that taken care of. And then uh, we're playing the Seattle Seahawks and fell and tore a thumb muscle and, and had a cast on my hand. And so we're playing against the Denver Broncos. And, and uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Greg Cragen is just taking it to me. I mean, he's just kicking my butt. We've all had those games where, you know, you're just like, you just can't do anything right. So in the middle of a series, and I, and I know most people know this, but maybe not, you don't take offensive linemen out in the middle of a series. It's just, it just doesn't happen. So Mike came out and tapped me on the shoulder and said, yeah, take a break. Marty wants to give you a little break. And I thought, oh, my gosh, here I go. You know, I just lost my dad, just had surgery. I'm sitting on the bench. I'm going to get cut. I think I just bought a house in Kansas City. And all these things are going through my mind as we go into the halftime. And I'm sitting at my locker and Mike's sitting right next to me. And at that point, Mike takes his shoes off and his socks off and takes his tape off. Now, he's done that before. You know, Mike, if, if you ever saw Mike Webster's feet, they're all gnarled and beat up. And 18 years of playing football for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the cold weather, you know, getting stepped on and gnarled on and all that kind of stuff. So, 
he, I thought, yeah, no big deal. So at the next point, he took his, his jersey off and his shoulder pads off. And at that point, I noticed something was different. And so did Marty. Marty said, hey, Mike, what are you doing? He goes, I'm not going back in. That's your center. You put him back in. And at that point, it was like Rocky two, when Adrian woke up and told Rocky, just win, Rocky. I got up and I went out and I had a great second half. It really saved my career. So both of those two men, Howard Mudd and Mike Webster, were so instrumental in my career. One of the things that, and Will will never admit this, but I helped him when he was a young player to get over adversity because Will Shields, even though he's a Hall of Fame guy, he has some crappy plays too. Right. Well, you just <laughs> talked about the power of a great teammate. So sound like a great teammate. It lifts you up. That's critical, right? How do you approach that as a legend? Are there people that lift you up now? Absolutely. Many, many people. And, you know, in Kansas City, we have a program called the Kansas City Chiefs Ambassador Program. And it's basically all the older guys that are retired and a bunch of guys that we get together and we have meetings and we go out and we do charitable works and we go to high schools and we speak. And like Mike Webster said, you know, football ends for everybody, some sooner than others, but it ends for everybody. You know, you have to find something to fill that void. We do these charitable events and everything else. And we also get an opportunity. We know if somebody's hurt, if somebody's struggling, if somebody needs some help especially during COVID, some of the older guys couldn't go shopping. It's been such a blessing to have the ambassador program in Kansas City. Why is why are the offensive line considered the smartest position players in football? Because you know what? We never get to score touchdowns, right? We right. never get to do any of the fun things you guys get to do. So what we do is we have this persona that I think we made up that we're the smartest guys. Because <laughs> we need something, right? You got right. the defensive linemen. They're the toughest guys. You got wide receivers and running backs. They get to score touchdown quarterbacks. They're prima donnas. The defensive backs, they they get to, you know, have interceptions and go maybe right. score. And But offensive linemen, what do we have? The only time we know we did something well is when nobody notices us. So right. we, we, have, we made up this persona that we're the smartest. So I'm sticking with that. The unique bond between offensive linemen are, are different. Tell me about that bond. Offensive line is like a hand, and then you make a fist. It's five as one. We saw the Super Bowl this year with the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a couple of their, their fingers were missing, and they really couldn't make that fist with all five guys because of injury, and they struggled in the Super Bowl. So five guys with communication, five guys with dedication, and five guys with guys that really and truly know each other and love each other and will do anything they possibly can to help each other out. That's what the offensive line is. Whether you're the left tackle or the right guard, you're all one. And and your performance hinges on everybody playing at a high level. And it's like a microcosm of life in a family. You know, when one person's maybe struggling or one person's not having uh, the kind of success, we all are affected. And Tim, you're the first offensive lineman that has admitted that this was a self-proclaimed intelligence about the Don't tell anybody. (laughs) They come in after you because they swore by, they even came up with stories. I actually thought it was true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if you believe it, it's true. So that's that's what we believe and that's our persona. But the offensive line, it's such a great family and a great way to, go about 11 or 12 years in the NFL like I was able to do. So coaching as a high school coach, how have you convinced the kids to not just rely on strength and agility, but also their intelligence? Because 
I would still say, Tim, there is a, a level of intelligence at that position. You know, I took over for a program at a small school in Kansas City. It was known as a basketball school when, when I took over the program. And the first thing that I had to get across to the kids, we were always going to be the smallest guys coming off the bus. I mean, we were, we were going up against some of these big schools, and we were always going to be the smallest guys and the slowest guys. And that's not really a good combination, small and slow. Right. But the one thing I told the guys, that you'll be the best prepared. And you'll, you'll understand the game better than anybody else. And, you know, it's the mind controls the body, like Lou Holtz used to say to us all the time. The mind controls the body. And it really does. Your mind, if your mind tells you you can do something, if you really and truly believe that you can win, if you really and truly believe that you're the best prepared, then you are. And that's how we kind of got to the point where we won some state championships is because the guys really bought in. They understood the game. They understood the importance of understanding the intelligence of a football team and a football play and a football game. How did it feel when you got the call? You will be the 46th player inducted into the Kansas City Chiefs Ring of Fame. What do you feel getting that call? You know, I was so humbled. I'll never forget the very first time I came to Kansas City. It was for it. We called the Red Coders, but it was basically kind of a uh, group of businessmen that backed the Kansas City Chiefs. And there was a luncheon, and Carl Peterson flew me in to do the luncheon. So I walked into the stadium, and Carl took me for a little bit of a tour around, and he pointed up to the Ring of Fame and all those players' names. And he said, you know, we believe – by drafting and you could be one of those guys, but it's going to take a lot of hard work and dedication and it's going to take a little bit of luck, not getting hurt, obviously, but we believe you can do that. And at that point, I, that was really what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to get my name up there. I wanted my name to be up there for eternity, but it really happened at the perfect time for me. When, when Clark Hunt called me and told me that I was going to be part of the hall of fame and ring of fame with the Kansas city chiefs, my, my kids, who I had three Division One athletes, two swimmers, and a football player, and uh, they really understood at the age they are now in their 20s, they understand how hard it is to play sports. They understand the dedication and the pain and the injury and all the different things you have to go through in order to get to that level or get to a point where you could be considered one of the best. And maybe when they were 10 or 11 or 12 years old, they wouldn't have understood that. So it really worked at the perfect time. My kids were just as thrilled as I was that their dad's name was going to be up there. And they said, these can't wait to walk in maybe someday with their kids and point up and say, there's your grandpa's name. Tim, what has the chief organization been like? What has it been like for you? It's been a big family for me. You know, I, I'm from the south side of Chicago and my wife is from New Jersey. So when I was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in 1990, I showed up there. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know where I was at. I didn't even know where Kansas City was. I, I still maybe don't know. It's either Missouri or Kansas, not quite sure. But, you know, I didn't know anybody. And the Kansas City Chiefs and really the Kansas City Chief fans kind of took me under their wing. And going through 11 years of playing for the Chiefs and winning a lot of football games, obviously not winning the big game. And the Chiefs did it a couple of years ago, which was awesome. You know, all we really wanted to do back in the 90s is take the Lamar Hunt trophy and hand it to Lamar Hunt. Wow. How great would that have been? We never were able to do that. But, you know, the fans and the fan base and the organization, they were always behind those teams. They were always making sure that, that we understood that 
hey, listen, we know you're not happy, but you guys are doing the job. Job is well done. But it's been a big family. It's been great. Uh, the K- Kansas City is a special place. It really is. It's We're kind of right there in the middle. We're right in the middle of this country, kind of the heart of the country. And the Kansas City Chiefs are the heart of Kansas City. So we consider ourselves the heart of the NFL. What are some of the things that the organization, have you tapped into any of the resources, uh, whether with the trust or with the league or the Chiefs organization as a whole? The NFL just had a uh, motivational speaking and digital analyst class. I hate to say it, but it was out of USC. I, I just can't admit to any of my friends that I went to a class at USC. But that was an awesome, awesome uh, four-week class that we took and learned a lot about, you know, motivational speaking, how to put together speech, how to, how to use this social media stuff. You know, you're a little bit older than I am. Not much, a little bit older. But this social media stuff is brand new to us. I, I, I Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I didn't know the difference between any of them. So taking advantage of that program and understanding how to use social media to brand yourself. And then more importantly, you know, just being a part of the NFL legend community and having to see guys that, you know, you know that you get it. We get it. We've been through it. You know, we've had those fourth down situations that we had to convert, whether it was on the field or in life. And we can always kind of bounce things off of each other. And that's been a great thing. It's just using the resources of the NFL. Plus, I went down to Tulane, which was awesome, and did a whole big physical down at Tulane through the NFL programs. And they check everything. And it's like it's like getting a 21-point uh, inspection with your car. You get all your pieces and everything looked at, and it makes you feel good. And How was that experience? Oh, man, it, it was crazy. You know, they x-rayed everything. <laughs> and they put you through MRIs and also with psychologists and psychiatrists and and all kinds of different, it's a two-day intensive physical, which I suggest any guys out there, please, please, please do it. They will pay for everything. You just have to get down there. Five years later, you go back for a checkup and they, they can compare some things. If all my guys out there that have been out there and you know, we always worry about hearts and brains and joints and all those kind of things, you know, get it checked because you never know what you're going to miss. How has transitioning been for you as a legend? Well, it was tough. Football was, you know, that, that was my life. I, I loved to play football since I was 10 years old until I was 32 years old. I played football every fall. So what really helped me was going to getting into coaching and coaching kids and giving kids an opportunity, giving kids a vehicle to use football to maybe go to college or give kids an opportunity to learn lessons through the great game of football. But, you know, it was a, it was a tough transition. And I think we all go through it. You know, I'll be really honest with you. I hated my 30s. 40s and 50s been a lot better because, you know, 30s, it just felt like, you know, the thing that we love was taken away. And, you know, there was nothing we could do about it. So, you know, you, you struggle with that. And I think the older you get, the more you understand there are other things and there's other things you could do and, and you know, pass it on and, and, and try to help other kids or other people to get through their tough times. But I will tell you right now that the 30s for me, when I retired at 32 and they took away the thing that I love, it was very, very difficult. And I'm glad I got through it. What would you tell the, the current players who's headed that direction? 
Well, I think the NFL and the NFLPA have done an unbelievable job. I don't think that there was the resources when I came out 20 years ago that there is now. And I, I just give Roger Goodell and, and all the guys in the NFLPA so much, so much credit for, you know, putting together these programs, whether it's continuing education, whether it's if you need to go talk to somebody, they're going to pay for it. You know, wellness programs, you know, a lot of guys would balloon up. You know, I ballooned up. I got up to 340 pounds after really? I was retired. It just, I was not healthy. The Tulane program, you know, I've been able to lose all that weight and more. And I feel as healthy as I ever have. Once again, I love my 50s. I feel great in the 50s. Things have been going awesome. But it just, it just happens so fast, as, as you know. When you retire and then all of a sudden it's taken away, you're looking for other things. You're trying to fill that void. You're trying to fill... That, uh, that loss of adrenaline. And there's a lot of bad options out there for you, whether it's food, alcohol, or drugs. You know, take advantage of these programs and, and give yourself an opportunity. There's no excuse. Now you know. You know, I heard you say it was taken from you. Could it be better phrased versus it's taken? Because when I think of something taken, it's like, you took mine. Now we know it's going to happen. Transition is coming. We don't know when. How would you, would you rephrase that in any way? I, you know, it's just the way I felt yeah. you know, at, at 31 or 32 years old. Most people are just getting into the, the, the nuts and bolts of the prime of their, of their careers. Right. And we're, we're over. It's kind of that, that part of our life, you just can't do it anymore. And I'm not going to try to tell people not to feel like disappointed that they can't play anymore. But I will say there are some options out there that you could take. There were better options than I took. Thank you for your transparency, Tim. Yeah. As we close out, I got a few quick hitters for you. Sure. Favorite Marty-ism. Grab an oar and row. He would say that, and I guess he wanted everybody kind of on the same page and working together. That's but I never quite understood that one. What's your favorite uh, Ray-ism from Jimmy Ray? Jimmy Ray. Love that guy. The one thing that I appreciated the most about Jimmy Ray is he didn't try to fool anybody. Jimmy Ray was Jimmy Ray. And, you know, he, you know, and I used to give him a lot of flack because he's the one who threw the interception in the Michigan State Notre Dame game that's tied 10-10 and they lost the national championship. Jimmy, when you when we were running an offense and we were we were having success, he kept with those plays. He didn't try and fool you. He said, let's dictate the action to the defense. And that they have to stop us. We're not going to stop ourselves trying to be cute. We're going to go about doing our business. And when they stop us, then we'll make adjustments. Favorite Holtzism. When you're a player for Lou Holtz, y'all, everybody has an imita imitation of him. So I'm going to do it in a Lou Holtz imitation. <laughs> Pride, personal responsibility, and daily excellence. When you brush your teeth in the morning, you better have pride in the way you brush your teeth. When you go to class, sit in the middle and have pride in what you do and take notes. And when you play football for the University of Notre Dame, that lady on the dome, you better have pride when you walk out that field and put on that golden helmet. Because if you don't have pride, you won't last at Notre Dame. You won't last playing for New Hopes. Pride, personal responsibility. And daily excellence. And daily excellence. Tim, this has been outstanding. Thank you. And the best is yet to come.
To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at NFLLegends at NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.